Hey, I'm Cameron. I'm Malcolm Jones. And welcome to the Land Cable Podcast, where we talk about all things gaming, mostly. Whether you're from PC or console, or from Steam or Epic, we got you covered with the latest news, the latest topics, and the latest gaming mishaps. So plug in your keyboards, mouses, and even Steam controllers if you got them, because the Land Cable Podcast starts now. And what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Land Cable Podcast. I'm Cameron. I'm Malcolm Jones. And we got a big, big show for you guys here today. There's a lot, a lot of news to come out, so we're not going to waste any time into getting into the show. But first, as always, we like always like to talk about what we've been up to this past week. So, Malcolm, what have you been up to this past week, man? Been playing any uh, new games? Yeah, I've been playing Persona 5 Strikers. Got a chance to check out the Outriders beta. And that's uh, basically what I've been rolling. Nice, nice. Yeah, I've been playing. Also, I've been playing the Outriders beta and uh, loving it so far. Uh, we'll get into it later on in the podcast. But I've also been playing some Doom, some Phasmophobia, just playing a variety of games when I can. As always, we're going to start off with our game, game of, of the week. week. And this week, it is Persona 5 Strikers. Malcolm, you want to give us more insight into Persona 5 Strikers? Absolutely. So Persona 5 Strikers is a sequel to Persona 5, which is a 75-hour JRPG, and it's phenomenal. Uh, Weirdly enough, they decided to go a different angle with a somewhat sequel. It does take place after the events of Persona 5, not Persona 5 Royal, which is a game that came out uh, either late last year or mid-last year. Right. Um, So Persona 5 Strikers is actually a different style game. It's uh, considered a musu game, which basically is Japanese for a hack and slash game. Oh, okay. A lot of different enemies across a lot of different battlefields. So in Persona 5, normally you fight in the dungeon. In Persona Strikers, you do fight in dungeons, but you also fight in like the city that you're in, in an altered world in a sense. Uh, so it's a lot of fun. So it's basically taking a turn-based game and turning it into a live. So it's it's a bit of a departure than we're used to. But I do like the style of game. They introduce two new characters outside of, you know, different types of enemies. Uh, they introduced uh, Sophia, who is, uh, to say the least, he's, he's hum- she's human's companion. <laughs> so that's just is what that is. And then you have the Zenichi Hasawaga, or Hasawage. Who is a police? Well, he works with defense in Japan, and he's you know trying to solve this big case that the Phantom Thieves are connected to. Uh, the unfortunate truth, and you know, you may be asking yourself, well, that's not really a lot of information to go on for Persona Five Strikers. Well, that's kind of half of the problem. You have to have played Persona Five to truly understand what's going on in Strikers. They do an okay job of kind of explaining why you're doing things, but not why you have done them in the past. Interesting. Uh, which is an unfortunate truth about the game. The game's a lot of fun. It's about a 45-hour runtime. I have not completed the game yet, but I'm, I'm in progress currently and will be getting a review out as soon as I can. 
but yeah, no, it's a, it's a game I actually got to play a little bit earlier because I bought the deluxe edition. Uh, thank, uh, shout out to Humble Bundle. They had a discount for the uh, deluxe edition. So mm-hmm. that's how I was able to play it a few days early. Because it officially came out on the on February 25th. Oh, okay. Uh, basically, anyone who has played this game, sorry, anyone who's played Persona 5, I would highly recommend it. It is a bit different, so be prepared for that. But if you want to see what happened to your characters after the events of Persona 5 and not Persona 5 Royal, uh, I definitely would recommend it. It is the $60 title. It may not entice you as much. Maybe it's worth a sale for some people. But the beauty of this game is it's on Nintendo Switch, on PS4. It's playable on PS5, but it is a PS4 game. It's on the Xbox Series X and the Xbox One, of course. Mm -hmm. And, notably, on PC. And this is the first Persona game we've had on PC since Persona 4 Golden. So it's definitely worthwhile checking it out, and that's why it's our game of the week. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to ask, it's good you said that it takes place after Persona 5 uh, Royal, because I was going to ask like whether this was a spinoff prequel or anything, because I'm not into the Persona 5, but I, I, I always am interested in where games take place when they do um, little spinoffs like these so it's nice to know that it takes place after the main main story and it has the same characters right as the previous uh, game added those two new characters sophia and zen kinichi hasawaga or hasawaga okay that's for mispronouncing that and obviously the characters from the original game wow interesting enemies and bosses of course so new characters in that realm but that's kind of spoiler territory all right Okay, we won't get into spoilers today, but yeah, definitely if you're a Persona fan, definitely check out Persona 5 Strikers. Um, Moving on to unpopular gaming opinions. Now, this, I'll go first, because this opinion, this is is something where I... I'll go first, this is a shared opinion. Oh, this is a shared opinion, okay, go ahead, yeah, yeah, you go first. (laughs) Um, Basically, there's this... Most Nintendo fans know of this game called Pokemon Snap, a game where you literally throw smoke balls or smoke bombs and fruit at uh, wild Pokemon and take pictures of them. Now, some would say that's wrong. Some would say that's fun. And now we are introduced into new Pokemon Snap coming to the Switch, I think, uh, uh, April. Something like that, April 31st. And like it's that. exactly how it sounds, folks. Right, exactly. So you take pictures of wild Pokemon and you get raided uh, either by the community or by the professors uh, in the game. Now, that type of game is fun and nostalgic, but $60? That's a bit crazy. Cameron don't think it should exist at all. Yeah, it. it you mean to tell me you gonna waste res- Now, Thinking about it, having spent some time thinking about it, there are people out there who would gladly love to just sit down and take pictures of Pokemon in a video game and all this extra shit. But especially, yeah, especially during a pandemic. But I just feel that it's so pointless and just should not exist. Like you use those resources that you have that that you're using to make this game, and use those resources in games that uh are still in development like like the the other pokemon games that you have coming out in like 2022 or later on in this year use resources like that to and allocate that to those games 
we do not need to have a game that's number one sixty dollars but let alone exist that where you just take pictures of pokemon all day i can take pictures of pokemon in my own house for free and you don't need to do, like it's just it's just so pointless and when i saw that they made a game like this i thought to myself are they running out of ideas for like for pokemon games i mean you have so much pokemon merchandise you have pokemon go you have the pokemon games coming out you have pokemon you have pokemon remasters coming out that we'll get to later on in the show but it's just like why this are they trying to appease that snapchat TikTok crowd that wants to take pictures of po I, I don't know let, well, remember we're also going for that nostalgia too because this was a game back in the day when i was a kid and you were a kid and obviously i think it's very you know everyone thinks they're a photographer so why not give them the tools right i guess man but i i just think that it's it's pointless i mean I, I I know I know people love Pokemon. I love Pokemon. I'm an OG Pokemon lover. Um, I'm not really into like the new Pokemon or the new characters or anything, but I just I, I the fact that they're actually asking people for money for this is, is astounds me because it's just like why for what like there's no need for it. But anyway, I I digress. So, yeah, that's our unpopular gaming opinion this week uh pokemon oh i'm sorry new pokemon snap because that's what it's called because we have to do the differentiate ourselves from the new and the old but anyway reviews moving on to reviews this week and we got a big one it's outriders outriders was um the demo specifically the demo specifically um that came out what was it friday or was it thursday uh, yeah oh, okay yeah, it came out on friday yeah yeah and yeah. yeah yeah um so it came out Thursday. 25th was Thursday. Oh, then it must have been the 26th then. Yeah. One of those days. It came yeah. out recently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, do you want to go first in terms of your review and what you thought of the game? Because you got further than I did and explored more characters than I did. So. You know, for sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably just give a breakdown of the characters. So basically, you have four classes. You have Trickster, Techromancer, Pyromancer, and Devastator. And funny enough, I did Devastator last, which, in retrospect, I probably should have done it first. Now, arguably one of my favorite classes. Basically, Devastator, you have close range, you're a tank, and it says stand your grounds, but it really means you're tough from at last airbender. <laughs> you're not just tough. You can literally turn into rocks and throw yourself at an enemy and then e and obliterate them. Which... That's how they should have advertised the game. Yeah. Because I didn't know that. Then you have the Pyromancer, which is a class that I actually started the game with. Basically, you're a medium range, and you conjure, well, fire. You use a lot of fire, different types of abilities. You can literally uh, throw, like, a wall of fire up, like a wave, in a sense. Right. You can literally hook people in, like you're playing uh, Overwatch. <laughs> Fortunately. <laughs> Um, and like, yeah, and it's, it means the fire class and Techromancer long range, of course. So you actually conjure weapons and use them to fire at enemies and you want to be distanced away. Right. And tech and trickster, which is a, a class me and Cameron have both played has just been a blast. You literally teleport around and you literally swipe 
like literally swipe people with like a fake sword in a sense, mm-hmm. like a beam energy sword. And then they automatically die and you can see them they're skeletons and they literally like deatomize. Also, you can slow down time and see bullets whiz past you in slow motion. I mean, it's a pretty incredible class. All of them are really interesting in their own right. And when I tell you this game doesn't feel like any other game, it borrows elements from games like, you know, Gears of War uh, and the Destinies and the and the Divisions and things like that. Mm-hmm. But it's very unique in the sense where it needs you to rush in most of the time because that's how you heal. You heal by using these abilities in close proximity. Right. With the exception of the of the Techromancer words, you know, based in long range. So you're actually healing from a longer range than a closer range. Right. And it's just great. It's a great breath of fresh air into the, the not the mini MMO, but like a, a pseudo MMO genre that we've been seeing lately. And to top it all off, it's a Square Enix game. So it's great to see them throw their hat in here. And I think it'll be a game that I'm definitely buying or, well, I actually pre-ordered. And I would highly recommend anyone with a PC or a next-gen or even a current-gen console because it's playable on all of them. And you get a next-gen upgrade for free. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and to piggyback off of what you were saying, I going into this when I started the demo, um, I didn't have high expectations. I'm, I'm just going to be honest. With you. I didn't have like super over-the-moon expectations for the game. But once the story started and I really started to get a feel for like the world and the characters, I really started to get really invested in what was going on. And as the game, as the demo progressed and you started getting abilities and you started getting these, these weapons, I was like, oh, okay. So this game is unlike anything we've played before. Now, granted, as Malcolm said, it, it, the gameplay reminded me of Gears of War in terms of like the cover system, in terms of the shooting mechanics. Um, and I would say that in a lot of ways, the intro to this game, like the, the, the beginning of this game reminded me a lot of Mass Effect Andromeda, not in terms of its gameplay necessarily, but in terms of its story um, and where the story goes. I won't get too deep into it, but it starts off with, you know, uh, looking for a new home pretty much and uh, uh, inhabiting this new planet and how things progress from there. But uh, no, the story was one of the things that hooked me about this game. And unlike other games like The Division or destiny or even anthem this game had a strong prologue it had a strong story and i was invested in what was going on and there were things in there that you know shocked me um in terms of both story and gameplay and uh yeah i i think it's definitely something that was unexpected from me at least i didn't expect it i didn't expect to have this much fun with it as, as much fun as i did um and there's a lot of things that they, I, I think that this, that Square Enix paid a lot of attention to Destiny, Division, all those other games and see what worked and what didn't work and basically applied it to Outriders um, because Outriders work so well in areas where you think they're going to falter, where other games would falter, they actually are able to, you know, knock it out of the park. Um, in terms of character creation, in terms of weapons, upgrades, uh, in terms of uh, NPCs to a certain extent. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely, 
I'm definitely going to buy this game day one now. I'm going to pre-order it. Um, I was having issues on PC when I first started streaming because what I didn't know is that when you start the game, it automatically starts you on max settings. Um, and it had like the frames per second were like max. So it was like a thousand or, or something like that. And I had to drop it all the way down to 60 um, or, or 200. It started out as like 200 frames per second. I had to drop it down to 60. Um, but once I dropped it down to 60, I had a much better experience. Uh, you played it on a PS5, Malcolm. Um, hundred percent played beautifully. Not a single problem. Now, did enjoyed the, it. Now, granted, obviously, because Cameron said beta, it is considered a demo. It really should be considered a beta. There are some bugs and some issues. Right. But overall, a blast to play. And honestly, it's free. It's on everything but the Nintendo Switch. And the Xbox 360 and the PS3, right? So, I'd highly recommend anyone pick it up. And it's a it's a good taste of what you'll experience. You get to play all four classes, and level cap is level seven, and you get to you get a good feel of the game and drop in drop out co op, and cross platform playable. Yeah, I can play with you know someone on PC if I want to, and they can play with me on PS5, or on PS4 or Xbox or whatever, right? Yeah, which is amazing, and the drop-in drop-out works well. Yeah, unfortunately, I haven't been able to play co-op. I've only played single-player, but I'm I'm pretty sure because that even as I was playing, I was like, oh yeah, this would be ten times as fun as if you know I have like a co-op person to play with, uh, and it's cross-platform, so that's cool. Um, a lot of games, you know, when when they have uh, a lot of games that are like this aren't really cross-platform, so it's a breath of fresh air to know that. I'll be able to play with friends no matter what console or PC that they're using, which is really, really nice. Um, so yeah, check out Outriders, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it comes out, when does it come out again? April? Uh, April 1st. April 1st. April Fools. Not All too right. far away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hopefully they don't fool us and push the release date. And anyway. Um, <laughs> but moving on to what's that game? As you guys know, this is the segment of the show where me and Malcolm try to guess the three games uh, using funny jokes <laughs> to try and uh, guess what, what the other person's game is. Um, Malcolm, do you want to uh, go first? Yeah, for sure. If Mass Effect and Drama was actually good and had horror elements. <laughs> Returnal. Of course. Uh, you know what's funny? This did a lot. Uh, this did really did remind me of Mass Effect Andromeda and like meets Prometheus, as we said before the podcast. Uh, the dodge mechanic is literally identical. Yeah. Um, it. I. I hope. I really hope that game is good because it seems like a game that the concept and the idea is cool, but the actual execution of the gameplay is going to be a hit or miss. So we'll have to wait and see with that. The issue is this is one of those games where we're starting at $70. Yeah. And it's a PlayStation exclusive. It may later go to PC, but at this point it's PS5 exclusive. Yeah. I think it was on PS4 as well, but no, actually it's PS5. If it's $70, it has to be PS5. And that's another thing. If these games if these games are going to be $70, that means your game has to has to uh really bring it. It has to really be good for a person to spend $70 of their hard-earned money to buy it. So Hopefully, we'll have to wait and see on Returnal. But uh, as from uh, my first game, <laughs> this is an easy one. 
Everybody was kung fu fighting. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, Sifu. Um, Would have made more sense if you said, why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? Yeah, that's true. I've been my friends. Because <laughs> I've been my friends. Yeah. No, but Sifu looks really cool. Like, it... it 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 reminds us it reminds me of those old school games that you would play on like the PlayStation 2 that was like fighting games like um I remember there was this one game called Jet Li Rise to Honor and it it reminded me of that and man I got to I got to say I'm just I'm really excited for this game um the combat looks amazing we'll get deeper into it once we go further on in the show but I just want to say like that if that game, like when that game comes out, I hope I have a PS5 by then because it's it's really, really looks good. All right, what is yours, Malcolm? Yes, this Chucky e. Cheese birthday party is getting worse all the time. <laughs> Five Nights at Freddy's. I thought I'd throw in some Star Wars for you. <laughs> Chucky e. Cheese birthday party. Um, yeah, that 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 game looks looks incredible. I I um, I'm really really um. Look at, looking forward to it. Uh, okay, so here's my next one. Live, die, repeat the video game. <laughs> oh my god, I was literally thinking the same thing. <laughs> no way, really? Which is why I didn't do it. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's Deathloop. That's literally what it is. That's literally what it is, folks. I mean, look at the trailers, look at the concept. It's literally live, die, repeat the video game. Um, <laughs> just set in... Anyway, <laughs> what's uh, what's your, do that one? Yeah, what's your uh, what's your uh, third one? Have you ever wondered what it would be like to get sucker punched by a handball? Well, now you can't experience it in the digital age, and not on next gen. <laughs> Knockout city. There you go. I mean, it's interesting that they would come up with like a dodgeball video game, but I mean, I don't know. Nobody asked for that, so. I don't know if it'll make money. Uh, oh, it's going to be on all the consoles. It's going to be on Switch, too. Oh, well, then maybe... Well, okay, well, then maybe it will make money. Uh, you know, if you if you mass-release your game to, like, multiple platforms, then, yeah, there's a good chance you'll make your profit. All right, for my third and final one... All around me are these tight-lipped faces. <laughs> okay, it's odd world. Yeah, odd world. You know what's funny? When I first saw the the trailer for that game when it was first announced, I I literally was just like, "What the hell is this? Like these type lipped creatures, these with these weird faces? I don't understand." I thought it was some kind of like uh, plants versus zombies kind of thing when I first saw. It. I was like, "Oh, is this like them bringing back plants versus zombies?" But no, this is something totally different. But who knows? I mean, I'm sure people will definitely uh, buy this game. It's just not. Uh, not for me. Do you plan on buying it at all? No. But the cool thing is, I think it'll be free for PS5. So really? So I'll definitely play it. Oh, okay. If, if it is. It sounds like it's going to be free with Plus. Oh, okay. I had no idea it was going to be um, free for... Uh... That's the current... That's a rumor happening. But I think... Well, it could be official. I'm not 100% sure, but we'll see. All right. All right. Okay, well, we're going to get into the meat of it here. We're going to go into our next segment, which is... Rumor has it. And for our first rumor, uh, apparently, um, Elden Ring will 
be there'll be more Elden Ring news coming in March. Um, now Elden Ring is that Xbox game that kind of reminded people of uh, Elder Scrolls. Xbox. Mm. Elden Ring is it not coming out for Xbox? Oh, well, I mean it probably will. It's, it's the Amazon studio making the um the Lord of the Rings game, dude. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there, there's a rumor saying that it'll be shown in March, uh, and then be, and they'll we'll get more info on it, which is cool. Yeah, which is cool because I've been I've been wanting to hear more news. I hope we get to see more gameplay because I think when they first showed it, it was just like a cutscene, right? Uh, it was more of a teaser, but yeah, yeah, a huge teaser. So, you know, look forward to that. We, I hope, I hope, I hope it it's true. Um. You know, Elden Ring is highly anticipated. Um, but also in March, towards the end, uh, later half of March, Xbox is supposed to be uh, hosting an event. Um, apparently on March 23rd, it's called What's New for Windows event. Uh, now, it's rumored to be March 23rd, but it ha that hasn't been confirmed. Uh, what do you think that they'll show at this what's new for Windows event? Do you think that it's... When I hear what's new for Windows, I feel like that's just a Microsoft in general event, not just for Xbox. Um, that I think that maybe Game Pass will be shown and be included in that some way. Uh, very possible. I mean, it's definitely going to be a software festival or at least showcase. There'll just be new tools for Windows computers, including maybe new features for Windows Game Pass or Xbox Game Pass. So, oh, okay. Yeah, nothing too special, but it'll be interesting. I mean, if obviously if it's true, it's coming out on the twenty third. So we'll see. Oh, okay, dope, dope. And then last but not least, for rumor has it, apparently we will not be getting an Assassin's Creed this year. It'll be delayed until twenty twenty two, and there's a rumor it may be set in Asia. So that's pretty interesting. Um. I don't, I'm not mad at this personally. Um, I don't think, I don't feel that we need an Assassin's Creed every single year like they did prior. Um, I think that it's healthy for the series to space it out. Um, and I think that it's, it's good for the developers to have more time to work on whatever new setting that it's going to be in. If it's in, uh, if it's a setting in Asia or if it's a setting in another location, uh, they deserve all the time they need. And plus, we have a lot of games coming out this year, so uh, Assassin's Creed, you know, won't be won't be like people will be pissed that Assassin's Creed will be delayed. But uh, what do you think of this news, Malcolm? I think a delay is always better than a rushed game, so I'm always for it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, are, do you? What I mean. Has there ever been a setting that you wanted the Assassin's Creed series to go that they have yet to go to? Yeah, futuristic cyberpunk. Ooh. ooh. Oh, oh, wow. That's really my envisionment of where the series should go. That is cool. Future instead of going to the past. Well, I mean, doesn't that destroy the whole concept of like using a bloodline to try and you know with your because this is the whole concept of assassin's creed to use your bloodline to go back to your ancestors past and live through their lives or whatever so but what's wrong with predicting the future that's true that that, that is true that's and true the whole thing is like use technology to like to be able to look into the past but 
you know, what about protecting the future? That is true. It'd be encoded in our DNA. What could come next? Who knows? That is a very interesting. Yeah, I never thought of it that way. That's really, really interesting. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. All right. Well, we're going to get into our topics of the week. And uh, there's a lot of them. There's like eight here. So, (laughs) but uh, we're going to get through them all. And the first one is apparently there is a Call of Duty Zombies project being developed as a standalone game. And Malcolm, I remember you talked about before how this is something that you've been wanting to see for a while. Zombies be its own thing instead of like a mode in like the main game, like a separate zombie story that has its own game, which which is which is cool. Is that something that like you're excited about? All I've wanted. Mm. It's literally the only reason I bought Black Ops 3. I didn't buy it for the campaign, didn't buy it for the multiplayer. Literally bought the gold edition so I could play all the zombie maps. The campaign wasn't bad and the multiplayer wasn't bad. It was just, I'm getting it for zombies. Right. Because that's arguably the best part of the series. Yeah, and it's going to be a standalone thing. It won't be connected to any established zombie game, so they'll be able to... And I mean, my thing about this, though, is knowing how zo- how popular Zombies is when it comes to um, uh, the Call of Duty series and amongst fans, I'm surprised that they haven't done a separate zombie game as, like, sooner. You know, why take this one? I mean, Zombies has been around for, what, what almost 10 years now? Since they first introduced zombies, so it's like uh, in Call of Duty World at War was the first time zombies was introduced. Specifically Nazi zombies, but yeah. Yeah, so it's just like, why take this long to do a zombie standalone game? I mean, gotta think of it like this, you know? They gotta sell all the games, right? That's true. The best part of the franchise. The weaker games get it, you know. It helps. That is true. That is true. I mean, um. I mean, I, I, I'd be interested in it. I mean, Zombie having its uh, standalone game, that means it'll be an original story. Uh, it'll be an absolute original story. And given the craziness, you know, how they have these huge action set pieces in these Call of Duty games, I'd be interested to see that in a um, zombie game, which would be interesting. I just hope they don't go the whole World War Z slash, you know, Left for Dead thing where you have, like, armies of zombies, like just crawling over each other like waves trying to come at you. I think that would be... I mean, that's how Nazi zombies have worked in the past. It could be different, but it could be the same. Honestly, I'm for it either way. The story has always been really rich Mm -hmm. and very deep in lore, especially when you try to, like, you know, do specific things in the game to, like, unlock more store materials or unlock more gear for the game. So it'll it'll be great, whatever they do. Yeah. And it'll be worth the $60, unlike some other things. (laughs) <laughs> yeah worth the 60 dollars or 70 <laughs> um yeah charge what you want if it's gonna be good i'm for it yeah that's that's as long as it's worth it yeah that's all we ask for as gamers right is that something's good and not just you know just a cash grab because i i don't know if they keep raising these game prices you, th- these games won't be making any money if they keep raising them but uh moving on here to a new a new um a new article now in a post on the call of duty blog apparently your five if you own a ps4 and you have a 500 gigabyte 
hard drive. Apparently, according to the publisher, those who own a standard PlayStation 4 with a default hard drive won't be able to play uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War because through all the packs, through all the updates, through all the modes, I mean, it's just crazy to me that an entire game will is uh, uh, just one game alone will take up 500 gigabytes of space and that's if it's taking up 500 gigabytes on a base ps4 that means it's taking up half of your hard drive on a ps5 on a one terabyte hard drive correct not even one terabyte they're 825 see see what i'm saying like it's and you don't even get all the 825 let me ask you this is there a way because i'm not a game developer i have no idea how this works is there a way for them to sort of shorten that like shorten to where they don't need to to you know take up all these this space in the disk drive you know what i mean yeah they just need better they either need to compress the game files or they need to give you options to not have to download the entire game the problem is these are two separate games. You have Warzone, and then you have Call of Duty Black uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, and maybe you don't need everything. Right. So you need to have options. I know on PC you have an option to download all of it, and then you can delete parts you don't want, like Cold War, for instance. Not 100% sure how that works on current gen or next gen consoles, but that needs to start being the reality. Absolutely. And I always thought that maybe because in the back of my head, I'm just like, well, maybe it takes up too much time to condense all of that, to, to, to condense all those files. And, you know, they have these released schedules that they need to hit. So in order to do that, they just put as much in it as possible and just say, screw it to condensing those files. Yeah, but that's not even a good example, because like on Xbox, you have Halo 5 a little almost the same size if not exactly the same size as the master chief collection with everything in it right those two games should not be the same size ever it just shows you how much they weren't willing to compress or condense their game size which is ridiculous yeah yeah well hopefully they figure it out they figure it out because this is completely ridiculous the fact that you know one game like takes up half of your hard drive and and it's just it's weird because these are new consoles this is a terabyte hard drive base um and even on even on pc you know most people i think that going forward the standard for hard drives is going to be one terabyte there is going to there's going to be no more 500 gigabytes because of games like this that take up so much space um and it's unfortunate but that's just the reality that we live in um but uh moving on here to now as you guys know me and malcolm are huge huge racing fans and we talk about games like need for speed a lot and we always talk about how you know we we want to we want to see what other developers out there do with like other racing series well we finally got our wish to a certain extent um hot wheels unleashed is was announced uh this past week and it is from the developers milestone who created the moto gp and monster energy supercross games they are 
coming out with a Hot Wheels arcade style game. Uh, and it's supposed to launch September 30th. They released a C a short CGI trailer. Um, and for me, I will say that it's a breath of fresh air because now I get to experience a different kind of racing that isn't just need for speed. And I can, and, and I'm a huge, we're both huge fans of Hot Wheels. And it's so cool to be able to finally have a hot wheels game again because i haven't played a hot wheels game since like the ps2 days so it's finally at least cool in my opinion that they're coming out with a new hot wheels game but i know malcolm you have you're, you're cautious about this game when it comes to hot wheels first of all we're getting kind of a next gen 70 dollar upgrade in a sense think about when miles morales came out miles morales should be a 40 dollar expansion well it's a 49.99 dollar game because it's on next gen, right? Right. Or meant for next gen. So I understand the $10 increase. So honestly, this game feels like a $30 to $40 game anyway. So when I see a $49.99 price tag, I'm like, okay. So it's, you know, it's evaluating itself high, but not, you know, triple A, you know, $60 title. And then on top of that, the next version of the game is a collector's edition for $79.99. And then we have the stunt edition for $89.99. And we're getting two different season passes, volume one and volume two, at least so far announced. Right. So I'm honestly feeling like this game is just going to be a lot of car packs and maybe three to four different locations with customizing or being able to customize different tracks, which is cool. It just seems a little simplistic, a little bit, you know, for the price, a little expensive. But it's definitely a departure from what we're used to, which is nice. Right. But we got to remind remind ourselves, this isn't really new. This game existed a while ago, and now we're getting reintroduced to it. So $50 is nearly 60 It's a little bit of a high price. The game has to be great and at base, not with all this extra content. Right. So I need to see a lot more. And we've seen no gameplay, only CGI trailers. Yeah, they we, have a lot to prove. Yeah, but, you know, if it's at least decent, I'm interested. But you know, it's a wait and see kind of title. Yeah, we can we can only go off of what we've seen from the CGI trailer, and what we saw from the CGI trailer is basically it looks like the tracks are gonna. It's it's if you're a fan of Hot Wheels and you know Hot Wheels, it's basically these tracks. It's like a set. So in the from what we can tell in the CGI trailer, the tracks are gonna be set in like real places. So like in the trailer the track was set in like a garage or something and i'm pretty sure that they'll have maps where the track is set outdoors like in a backyard or something um which is cool and which is fine i know malcolm brought up prior to the podcast he talked about how the cars look very plastic um and they do they look pretty much like toys they, they literally look like toys um my only concern is that is the fact that they look too toy-ish to the point where it won't it'll seem more like a kid's game instead of like a a real hot wheels experience um so i mean again we have to wait for gameplay for that but apparently there's going to be local split screen multiplayer there's going to be uh according to um milestone there's going to be split screen multiplayer local multiplayer uh you're going to be able to create tracks 
um and 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 upload them to the community which is very cool um so yeah i mean on the surface it looks cool but again no gameplay no hype um it's a very very uh you know catchy phrase that malcolm says and that we uh we agree on is that if you don't show us gameplay we can't truly be hyped about your game um until then and we can't really you know say whether we're in or out until then so uh but yeah uh hot wheels unleashed if you haven't check out that trailer um if you are a hot wheels fan you should be excited uh moving on here now every week on this podcast we have some cyberpunk news for you guys and this is going to be a disappointing one as pretty much all of them have been CD Projekt Red has announced that they are delaying the planned 1.2 patch for Cyberpunk 2077. Um, and long story short, the reason for these patches is because last week, as you guys know, we talked about how Cyber, uh, CD Projekt Red got hacked. Um, their source code was was stolen and sold. And pretty much because of all that, because of all the craziness surrounding that, they have to delay. They have to delay the patch. Uh, and it's unfortunate. Again, seems like any news that comes out about Cyberpunk is bad news. No good news at all. Um, I know they're really trying really hard to get this game back on its feet, but it just seems so, so difficult for them. Um, what was your reaction when you found out that the patch was going to be delayed, Malcolm? I mean, they're kind of in some trouble with, you know, having their source code leaked online and they don't want to update the game and then know someone either downloads a mod or someone actually interferes with updates of the update files so it's the safe bet they gotta they gotta do what they gotta do i mean they want to be able to preserve this preserve this game and the other games that were listed in the leak so they gotta do what they gotta do yeah yeah and i know a lot of people i mean the the player base has fallen off of cyberpunk um I mean, people have beaten the game. There's really nothing more you can do. They haven't come out with any DLC. So, I mean, it just seems like every week, every every minute, like this developer is just struggling and they just can't catch a break. Um, and it's really hindering them because they've spent so much time on this game. So once again, you know, CD Projekt Red, I hope you guys can get it together and I hope that Cyberpunk 2077 can uh, make it through. Well, only time, time will tell. Um, but moving on here to the next topic. Now, <laughs> this hurt me because I, when this game came out, I was a fan of it and I was anticipating it as a lot of people were. Um, but then it had its issues. And now it appears that EA has finally canceled this game from being revived. And that game, of course, is Anthem. Uh, oh, not really how you're going to say it. You're not going to be like, nah, man, that game was coming back. They were just looking into it. Nah, man, this is a great game. It's going to work out. Nah. I was going to start like that. We're going to be straight. I'm, I, okay. Look, look, I was, I was optimistic. You want to come up with like, oh, no, it's all going to work out. Because when you said it, like, well, I knew this was going to fall through. That's what you were saying. <laughs> you were like, ah, oh, nah, this shit's nah, it's not going to work out. Well, the second the dude left and i'm like really that wasn't what you were talking like a couple weeks ago or well, even last week well i was hopeful year. i was hopeful because they had somebody who was working on it they had a lead who was working on the game and getting it through the development process and 
so I was hopeful and optimistic that, okay, this game could come back. But once they announced that the person who was running the reboot essentially left to work on Mass Effect or Dragon Age or whatever, then I found out, okay, well, then that means that this game is done. Because we had heard nothing about Anthem prior to them saying they're, they're going to reboot it and that they've brought this guy on to help reboot it. Um, oh, we'd man, heard nothing. I got a message here that reads, it, I knew it was over the moment the lead designer left the project. <laughs> um, that don't sound like what you just said <laughs> at all or what you've been saying, period. No, I mean, and as I said in the message, just stating facts. Yeah, I, I once, once, what I'm saying is that once the, once the guy left, I figured, okay, we haven't heard about, we haven't heard about this game for a while. We just found out this guy left the project. That means that more than likely, the project is going to be canceled. It's done. I was. That's why when, when they, when EA came out and said that they ceased production of it because once they came out and said that they're going to start thinking about it i'm like yeah this this game is dead because you lost like your lead person and it's not it's not far along enough for them to even put money into this and to keep it going so for me i just i just said to myself yeah it's it's done and it is uh ea basically you know they they canceled it and i mean it makes sense EA has other projects that they want to prioritize. They can't just keep leaning on this game and using uh, these resources that these developers for this old, for this game that pretty much failed. They want to use those resources for other new upcoming projects. So it makes sense. Is in the words pretty much, even though it shut down? What do you mean? You said pretty much failed. It, it failed. No, 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 no. I'm saying that the like the 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 base game, like before they decided to do the reboot, like the the game was pretty much a failure. Um, you know, not. I would I would say it was a complete failure. A complete failure. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> I mean, the what, game shutting down, Cameron. I don't know what else to tell the you. The game shutting down. It's a fa you know. It's just hard to accept. It's all. It's all it is. It's hate. It. I hate to see a game that I was anticipating and looking forward to just be treated and go down the crapper like Look, that but... i don't tell you what you want i tell you what you need and <laughs> failed <laughs> yeah um okay. and i wonder if we'll be saying the same thing about cyberpunk later on this year or next year i we'll highly doubt that well i'll say I this could be quoted on it later too no, no 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 that's fine i don't think it will either but i just hope i hope not but i don't even think anthem got the hate that cyberpunk got and i but that's because Anthem yeah, wasn't as anticipated. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it's unfortunate. I'm just, you know what it is? I'm just tired of the games that I've hyped up for myself and I've hyped up for other people like Anthem, like Cyberpunk. And I'm tired of these games just coming out and just being, you know, letdowns in some way, shape, or form. Um, but you know, it's it's for the best. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have any, you know, it's it sucks, but it is what it is. As a business, they have to reallocate their uh their um developers into new areas so um yeah it is what it is at the end of the day i mean i know you don't care really because you i don't even think it, i mean you you, you never care beginning cared. i knew it wasn't gonna work but well, that's okay we don't need to get into that okay okay yeah we might have believed in this game when it was announced i'm like oh they're trying to make it really that's you didn't really gonna work you didn't believe yes. in this game when it was announced 100 with like a day or two into the game everyone's like man this game sucks this game has problems and i was like you don't say 
Well, I guess another thing for, uh, with that, because Anthem was the first game where they came out and said that they were going to do a reboot for it. My thing is now, what does this mean no, about to all the problems? Right. But what does this mean about other games that have problems like Avengers? What does that mean for that game? Do, are they just going to well, completely too much money there? That's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's, it's gotten just as much. We have to understand uh, they're still having a fisc fiscally good year. And last year was great for them too. Square Enix is doing great. They can afford to like, you know, have a game leech a little bit. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a different situation, unfortunately. Yeah. EA's been having loss after loss after loss. They True. just can't stop losing. Yeah. Well, I mean All they do is lose, it seems like. No matter what. And, I, and there's some and there's some great EA games. Like I'm excited about It Takes Two that comes out in March. You know? There are good games. It's just lately they've been, uh, eh. Well, but, you know, they got your Battlefield coming soon, so, you know. Yeah. They're, they're figuring it out. Yeah. And speaking of figuring it out, uh, onto, this leads into the next uh, topic, which is Dragon Age 4 is going to be a single-player-only experience. Uh, Dragon Age 4 was going to be a, a multiplayer, always-online service kind of thing, but they've kind of restructured that and basically said that it is going to be a single player RPG. Um, and that I'm sure that's a breath of fresh air for dragon age fans like yourself. Like myself, I've never played a dragon age game. Never played a dra dragon age game. I thought you did. Oh, oh interesting. I did not. I oh, okay. said they looked interesting and I would be willing to play one. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Um, I've yeah, played no, they're good games. You, you don't gotta, yeah, I just completely understand. Yeah, yeah. I, I played Dragon Age Inquisition, which was cool. Um, but it's a it's a nice breath breath of fresh air to know that they're not gonna, you know, force multiplayer into this into this game. And a lot of people are speculating that it has a lot to do with the success of Jedi Fallen Order. Um, that they realize they can make money off a of single player game. The game they did really well on. Yeah. Um. So and with the you know the failure of Anthem which was a multiplayer game, it makes sense where they want to reallocate and say, okay, let's just focus on these single player games since that's what's making us money right now. But it's almost as if EA that people told you this from the beginning to not just shy away from single player games. Sony understood this, you know what I mean? So it's like, I mean, it's kind of like hindsight is, I mean, I know hindsight is 2020. You, you, People told you guys this. People told you guys that they weren't they weren't with this all making every game multiplayer uh, BS. So, um, but I'm glad that you know you guys are gonna treat Dragon Age as a single player game. Uh, hope you guys do the same thing for Mass Effect. Which well, Cameron, sure. not everyone has the heart of the cards. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, you know, thinks they got this crystal ball, but they really need that Yugi magic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, desperately, desperately. But you know, I think EA. Or was, bank account, one or the other. I think EA will be fine. They um. Oh yeah, they're gonna be fine. They go, it's once once Battlefield Six comes out, it's it's a wrap. Um, but uh, but yeah, and moving on to the next topic of the week. Now this is an interesting one, and a, one that pisses me off a lot because for the longest time, these politicians, lawmakers, uh parents whatever have you have been trying to oh got a little animosity toward the parents oh yeah absolutely i felt that one absolutely um 
these the they've been trying to make video games and use video games as a scapegoat to, for the reason for violence in society when violence has been around prior to any of these games to a game existing any kind of video game or violent video games violent video games uh so what i'm talking about is grand theft auto there's a politician or a lawmaker who wants to make grand theft auto illegal in the state of uh illinois and i uh, pretty sure it's violent video games in general but yeah Violent video game. Well, he specifically named Grand Theft Auto. He, his thing was he he thinks that Grand Theft Auto is responsible for the recent vehicle carjackings that have been taking place in Illinois. He thinks it's because since Grand Theft Auto in Grand Theft Auto you steal cars, even though that's not all the game is. I know it's called Grand Theft Auto, but it, that's not all you do in the game. Uh, it's a big part of it, but it's not all you do. But he wants to make a law banning it and and making it to where you can't play Grand Theft Auto or sell Grand Theft Auto games in Illinois. And uh, could you imagine if this actually went through? Well, there was a similar case that went to the Supreme Court, and it, you know, it wasn't considered constitutional to ban, you know, violent video games because it's against our First Amendment rights, a right of and a freedom of speech right it's it's likely that it won't pass anyway but it is unfortunate that we're still trying to pass the buck on this one it's just it's just these lawmakers and these parents man the reason i brought up parents is because a lot of times parents don't want to take responsibility for what they buy their kids there's a there's a reason why they're well you say that cameron so but there's an interesting thing to be said there are a lot of free games out there and on top of that you have access to YouTube and Twitch where you can watch people play violent video games all day. But how so is that the fault of the creator? It's not the fault of the creator. You're trying to get upset with the parent. My point is kids can access these violent games. Not that it has causation to violence, but they can access these games even if they're not mature enough or understanding of what the type of content or what they're watching. Right. That's all I'm saying. And it's not hard to make a YouTube account as a kid as an adult it's not difficult well then and it's unfortunate you can't but you can't be mad at what like okay you can't sit there and say oh it's not the developer's fault yeah I agree you with can't you. sit there I'm and say yeah it's easy to blame the parents but it's not a hundred percent their fault that's all i'm saying but at the same time you at the same time you as a parent have to control the media that your kid consumes. So sure. You know how hard that is to do in 2021 when well, all your shit's online. I understand. Monitor you 24 /7? I understand. But what kid has a bank account where they can sit there and buy Grand Theft Auto they without using buy. this is my point. You can watch it on a stream. Never forget that. It's really important. Well, then Most I, kids aren't buying Grand Theft Auto. And if they are, then yeah, maybe that's on the parents. Maybe they have a credit card. Maybe they have a gift certificates from, you know, to GameStop or whatever. There's a lot of other accesses to get to these games. That's all I'm saying. Not that the parent couldn't be more vigilant, but, you know, it's not as simple as you're saying. That's my point. Well, it's up to the parents to educate their kids on right and wrong. 100%. You know, that's 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 the point that I'm trying to make is that 
as a parent, you still have to educate your kids and say, yeah, you, you watch it. Because again, I play, look, we played Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. We had no business playing that game at our age, but it's not like we got the thought process of, oh, I'm going to go jack, you know, steal a car now, or I'm going to shoot up something. You know what I mean? It's sure. not something to where, and I think that you have to educate your kids on, okay, what's fantasy, what's a video game and real life and to separate the two. That's where the parenting comes in. And a lot of times these parents just, because they don't want to deal with their kids, they just let them watch, do whatever, and don't sit there and try to educate them on what's real and what isn't. And this this whole entire conversation of blaming video games for something, I'm just sick and tired of it because you're, you're limited. Number one, you're pretending as if these things didn't exist prior to video games. And you want to sit here and say that the video games is affecting the youth. It's affecting this. While that may be true at the same time, your job as a parent is to make sure your child knows the difference between fantasy and reality. That's, that's literally all it is. I mean, there's a box that says, if we're going by non-digital, they say that this game is rated M for mature. And a lot of times you can't even see what a game is unless you're a certain age. But like you said, they can create accounts, all that kind of uh, stuff. Cameron, we live in a society. Oh God, I can't believe I just said that. Where you <laughs> oh can, God. Okay, Joker. Where you can, <laughs> I'll get you back for that later. Anyway, <laughs> um, it's, it's basically, oh my God, I can't even think. Like you can log onto a porn website and say you're 18. You know, it's one of those things where you can lie about age almost anywhere. So that's all I'm saying. Give a little slack to the parents, but obviously, you know, it is important to instill into your children, you know, right and wrong fantasy versus, you know, fantasy and fiction versus reality, of course. Yeah. And, you know, to be mature enough to understand what the content means and not to necessarily treat other people with what you've just learned. Yeah. This is one of those topics that like, I'm very passionate about. Like, it's one of those topics where I will, I'm not into politics, but if I had the ability to, like, go to Congress or, like, whoever, these lawmakers and actually, like, argue with them about this shit, I would in a heartbeat. Because it's something that, as an artist and as a, as a, as a content creator, I, I do support the right to freedom of speech. And when people do shit like this, it it's kind of like you're trying to silence and limit to what people can do and show in whatever art form that they're in sure. so, so let me give you a quick example right on their side and to an extent you can buy any modern warfare call of duty game on the market and you can turn off profanity and blood right game still am so when a parent buys they're like oh cool i can let my kid play and you can play online where esrb ratings are unconsidered unrated where people can go online and say obscene, abhorrent things. And that's just a fact of it. Right. Which is why you shouldn't be able to hear other people, which is why you can view people or you can have friends only. Things exactly. Like that. But that doesn't stop people from trying to friend you. You know, that's all I'm saying. Right. So, right. I mean, it's I, a little, it's a little more complex than what we're exactly talking about, but I do agree. We shouldn't be blaming the developers. We shouldn't necessarily even be blaming the parents. It's more just coming from a place of we need to be responsible with these games and we need to be responsible for what's happening in our community. And it's ridiculous. Yeah. 
going to talk about Sony's state of play, which happened this week. Uh, they had a bunch of announcements. Um, not really a lot, but like a few noteworthy uh, announcements, pretty, pretty big deals. Um, first off, there was a Final Fantasy VII Remake Intrograde announced for the PS5. Um, Malcolm, do you want to talk a little bit about that um, since you've played the Final Fantasy VII Remake? Yeah, sure. So Intrograde is basically adding an, an extra episode on top of the fantastic Final Fantasy VII Remake that I'm sure you've also both heard me and Cameron discuss in an argument, which I won, of course, <laughs> on the podcast in the previous episode. Uh, phenomenal game, everything, everything, right? Uh, this will be a PS5 version. The upgrade is free. Retrograde is adding this episode. So I'm assuming it'll cost maybe 10 bucks for the episode on its own. And good news for PlayStation Plus, it'll be free next month. So even if you have a PS4 or PS5, make sure you get on your computer and lock that in if you're you know, interested in getting a PS5. Yeah. And also, I'm pretty sure this game is coming to PC at some point as well because it is a timed exclusive. Yeah. So anything we're getting, you'll also be getting too as yeah. a console and PC player myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely definitely excited to play that game for free and get the free upgrade. Um, you know, Final Fantasy so I played the demo. I didn't buy the game because I don't I, I think at the time I just wasn't I didn't have the money. So it's nice to know I'll be able to play it for free. Um and it's a pretty recent game, so I'm kinda shocked that it's free, but um it is what it is at the end of the day. I'm not gonna get people to get on that game. Yeah. Because yeah. it did so well. Yeah. And remember, it's not just free. It's with PlayStation Plus. Yeah. 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 So it's an incentive, which I think is wonderful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then the next game that they showed was Kenna Bridge of Spirits. They, um, which will be released on PS4 and PS5 in August. Uh, they showed more gameplay of that, and they showed like a cinematic trailer giving you more uh details into the story. Um, I'm intrigued by this game. I like the art style. Um. I like the, I think this game is going to really utilize the PlayStation 5's uh, features. Um, I think that it'll be fun to play, but my only thing is, I, I'm, I'm worried that, I don't know, I, I, just, I just worry that, this, that a lot of people won't play this game for whatever reason. Well, because I don't, I, I, because is it, this game's coming out in August and there's like, isn't there's like a bunch of games coming out in August, and I just don't think that. I don't think that. Also, think you're not looking at who the audience is. Is it for kids or is it for adults? It's, I think it's for both. It looks like it's a family both. game. Okay. Yeah, which is nothing wrong with that. All right. All right. Well, yeah. So I, I mean, think it's it looks cool. Hitting the target audience. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It looks cool. Like when I saw the gameplay, I'm like, you know, if this came out for free or something on like PlayStation Plus in the in the future i'll definitely pick it up because it does look fun um you know so definitely check out that trailer if you are interested in that game well it's not a purchasable game for you it's a game if it's free for you yeah yeah so you like it you don't love it exactly um and then we also got a deep dive into returnal uh, which deep dive, just another trailer. That sounds very <laughs> well. It was basically, uh, I think, didn't somebody do a voiceover talking about the game? 
there it didn't really feel like a lot more information i will agree though at the end of the video they do show a first person aspect of her going back to her like original home mm -hmm. so that was interesting that wasn't in any of the other dev diaries or anything i saw before that oh, okay so i'll give you that i mean they show some new stuff they show some more gameplay off i mean game looks fun just it's a, it's a hard sell for 70 for me yeah yeah um 70 dollars. no um i'll wait for a sale the most i'll pay for that game is like 60 um but i'm not paying no 70 dollars for that game now i will admit when i uh the gameplay and the bosses the the enemies look really interesting uh the combat was very fluid uh it's just i don't know it just seems like this game is missing something like it's just missing something i can't put my finger on what that is but it's it's definitely missing something but it it, it remains to be seen what they do with it um like i said it reminds me of like mass effect meets prometheus um i thought it was gonna have more of a horror vibe to it but it just looks like an action game uh sci-fi yeah yeah so which is interesting but we'll have to wait and see i mean this gameplay trailer that they showed was much better than the previous ones they showed um fairly is, longer yeah yeah absolutely much much longer um and then we have odd world soul storm and that's coming to playstation 5 and playstation 4 on april 6th um again and we'll be utilizing the the ps5 features exclusive, uh, specifically with haptic you know feedback and you know adaptive triggers right um talked about that in their dev diaries about like you know how much effort they put into you know make this game really worthy of you know being on next gen absolutely absolutely i uh i mean i'm not excited for it it's not it's not necessarily my kind of game uh i it's, it's just not my kind of game uh i i think that what they're doing is probably impressive it's just not for me, um, but I wouldn't say that that should deter anyone from trying it out or at least giving it a look. Uh, I would definitely recommend at least giving it a look before you make a final opinion on it. But uh, as for now, I, I, I don't think I'll be picking it up. It's just not my type of game. But um, what I will be picking up when I get a PlayStation 5 um, is the Crash Bandicoot 4 It's About Time PS5 version. Um, I'm really excited about that. Crash is probably my favorite video game character ever. Um, you know, what uh, he was, what Mario means to people for the Nintendo crowd is what Crash means to me as a PlayStation fan. Because, you know, he used to be a, a, the mascot for the for the PlayStation PlayStation brand back in the day. But, um, but yeah, um, it'll feature faster loading times, save transfers, 3D audio support, adaptive triggers, and, you know, other DualSense features. Um, and it'll run at 4K 60 frames per second. So that's that's really cool. Do you plan on uh, picking it up, Malcolm? Or? Uh, it's a wait and see. I'm not as big as Crash fan as you. Oh, okay. Um, so it's a wait and see. Okay. Maybe on a sale. I've actually been waiting for the first PS5 sale. We still haven't really had it yet. Oh, okay. Well, do you think that'll happen like once more exclusive games come out for the PlayStation 5? 100%. I mean, the console came out late last year. So yeah. It's still considerably early to have a massive sale yeah um but it's about time came out last year so yeah it's possible for that game to actually go on sale next year absolutely year. absolutely um and then now we have uh this multiplayer dodgeball game called knockout city and you know i i saw some gameplay of it um 
there was a beta announced. Uh, apparently, it's going to be released on the PS4 um, and PS5. It'll come out May 21st for $20. Um, I Oh, I'm sorry. It's coming out for the PlayStation 4, but it'll have backwards compatibility enhancements. So it's not specifically built for the PlayStation 5, but it's... Not a native next-gen game. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I don't... Um, I don't see myself playing this game. I mean, dodgeball is cool. You want to be virtually hit in the face with a dodgeball? No. No, I'd rather play real dodgeball. <laughs> um, you get really hit in the face, all right. Um, I'll be over at six. <laughs> no, I was, I was, dodgeball was one of my favorite games in uh, high school. Um, that and Capture the Flag. But um, I mean, I don't know. I guess this would be a game that I would play like at a party or like a, a, like a party with friends or like a, you know, house party or something. I don't see myself playing this, you know, by myself, you know, or streaming it. Uh, but yeah, what about you? You picking it up? Ah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you don't want to be hit in the face with the dodgeball? Nah, I do that shit in real life. Like I said, I'll be over at six. <laughs> <laughs> if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball, right? All right. Uh, I'm <laughs> um, so next we have the Absolver developer, Slow Clap. Uh, they revealed this new fighting game called Sifu. By the way, let's just pause for a second. What, did I say it wrong? Such a great title <laughs> for a company. Slow, Slow clap. <laughs> oh my gosh. The second I saw that, I had to pause the, the play, the less, yeah, the state of play. I was right. like, oh, I know this is going to be good. Yeah, it's a, uh, it is a new action game uh, that promises a unique take on the kung fu genre that will uh, turn the student into a master at each time the player character dies. Um, they've re they're revived slightly older and more skilled, which is interesting. I didn't think of, I didn't know that part. So I was wondering in the, I was wondering why in the trailer, like when he died, he like grew uh, facial hair. So could you say that they die got knocked out okay got knocked out but like does that mean that the game rewards you for dying because it says that you'll be more skilled and slightly older yeah you learn well it's the whole thing in sports you learn more from a loss than you do from a win oh okay makes a lot of sense to me yeah dust yourself off and try again it's an leo reference uh nobody knew that but anyway um yeah i'm definitely looking forward to this game i mean the the the, the combat and the action just looks insane and it looks like like the skills that's used in that game when you're fighting enemies and it looks like when you fight in like when you fight certain masters and shit that like they'll be able to dodge your moves too and counter like it seems like i'm gonna get that kind of fighting that i wanted in like batman arkham origins or like in, in like with the Arkham Origins thing where you fought Deathstroke and he was able to dodge your moves and counter your moves and you were able to dodge his. So it was kind of like this. It was kind of like this evenly matched uh, situation. So um, I'm definitely excited for it. Um, I uh, it's coming. I don't I don't know when it's coming out, uh, but it is coming out for the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. So I'm sure it'll come out some point this year. Uh, you picking this up, Malcolm? Probably. I got to see a price first. Oh. It feels like a sixty dollars title, so I'm not sure. But if we're in the like thirty forties, probably for sure, for sure. Uh, and then we have Hyperlight Drifter, uh, developer came out with this Solar Ash game, um, and it's coming out on the PS4 and PlayStation Five in 2021. 
uh saw a little gameplay of it not again not my cup of tea um but i do like the art style that they're using it looks really interesting looks really cool um i can't say much about the game except that it looks like um this character's like gliding on like clouds and sh and shit and like just swinging on things it's i don't know it's not my kind of game um it's a third person action platformer so um it, it focuses a lot on movement and, and stuff like that so if that's your kind of thing i would definitely uh check out solar ash um you know look up the trailer see if it's your kind of thing because uh i mean it's not it's not my cup of tea what about you um did you see solar ash gameplay at all or oh, i did i mean i watched state of play oh, okay yeah yeah um yeah it looks okay i mean it definitely feels like an indie game but it, it looks fun very vibrant mechanics look like fun not personally for me but definitely would recommend anyone who enjoys that genre yeah yeah absolutely absolutely I and mean, i do enjoy action platformers but i'm more mario oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah absolutely um Cuphead. now we also got an uh a new trailer for death loop which is i don't know I, I don't even know what to think about this game anymore it's like a a wolfenstein meets borderlands type deal um and and i know in theory that kind of sounds cool but there's nothing in this game that makes me makes my jaw drop makes me impressed um uh, it's and, and i think that it's not necessarily the game's fault it's just i've seen it already done better better you know what i mean I've seen it in Borderlands. I've seen it in Wolfenstein. I've already seen these these uh, mechanics in other games utilized much much better. So I don't um, I don't know. Deathloop just isn't isn't for me. Uh, what about you, Malcolm? What's your thoughts on the new trailer? Definitely looks like fun. Looks like a game I would get on a sale. Funny enough, uh, there is a PlayStation Plus sale for it. You get ten percent off either the standard or deluxe edition for so sure pretty right now you can you have access to a discount okay um feels like a game i can wait on definitely looks like fun um but yeah no i mean the gameplay is great i mean it it's the game that they've been advertised it as i thought it was going to be more realistic right so i'm out just because i thought it was something else okay um, but it's fine it's you know it's a solid game it's just not for me all right for sure um and then last but not least we got the first gameplay look at Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach. Now, I did I I had no idea that they were even making this game. Um but when I saw the trailer for it, I was I could I I literally thought that it was like a cartoon. I was like, "Oh, this doesn't seem scary at all." But then when you see the gameplay, and you see how you're going to be maneuvering around this uh what is it like a like a like this amusement place like this Chuck E Cheese type place where there's like these these uh this kid friendly environment and you're moving around different things and the and the animatronics are chasing after you and they look creepy looking i can see how that could be considered horror and like creepy and it did give me that creepy vibe so um i don't know if it's going to be um it's 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 gonna be it's gonna take place at the Mega Pizza Plex. I almost said Pizza Planet from Toy Story, but uh, it's said to be the most ambitious Five Nights at Freddy's game yet. So that that's a breath of fresh air. Um, 
I don't know if it'll have multiplayer. I think it's a single player only experience. But uh, yeah, what do you think? Most horror games are. Yeah, what do you think of Five Nights at Freddy's? Oh, it looks the best of the series. It it might be my first purchase of a Five Nights at Freddy game. It seems like a great game to stream, a great game to enjoy with friends around. Maybe when this pandemic's over, you can actually sit down and like enjoy it with other people. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, it's. I'm excited. I I could see a sixty dollar title attached to it, and it would be worthwhile. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, Five Night Five Nights at Freddy's is 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 massively popular. So the fact that you know they got this whole single player open world uh, experience, like you said, it, it it went it went to that uh, going from you know just sitting in a booth looking at cameras and everything. So I think that that's uh, I think that that's really really cool. Um, so yeah, that was the Sony state of play. And we're going to get into the last topic uh, here, which is basically the Pokemon Presents 2021 uh, showcase uh, that came out. And there were, as you know, we're both Pokemon fans. I'm more of an OG fan. Uh, Malcolm, you still? Oh, no, I'm an OG. I just never played the games. Oh, yeah, you I never played the games. The oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, and the movies. Oh, okay. All right. Um. So yeah, they announced a few Pokemon games and most of which the one that I'm excited for, and this is what basically pushed me even further to get a Nintendo switch. And they are before he gets to tell you that, Oh, I'm going to get a switch. Now this dude was dog in Nintendo. (laughs) I'm not a Nintendo guy. Why would I get that console? I'm still not literally told him two games and now he's willing to buy two of them. Yeah, it That's all I'm saying. Well, here's the thing. I I'm still not a Nintendo person. Even when I buy the Nintendo Switch, I don't think I'll be a Nintendo person like that. But I was I'm not a Nintendo person anymore is what I'm is what I'm trying to say. But I was a huge fan of Pokémon Diamond and Pearl that came out in like 2006, I think. I could be wrong. But um Apparently they're they're coming out with remasters or remakes to Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, and they're calling it Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, and it's going to have the original uh, uh, game director who made those games attached to it, and he's working on it. Um, and I'm just so happy about that because those are some of my favorite Pokemon games, and they showed a little bit of the gameplay, and it looks crisp as hell. It looks so crisp. It looks so good. And I'm just super excited to get my hands on and play these games again. Uh, because uh, Diamond and Pearl, like I said, is are some of my favorite Pokemon games of all time, along with like the, the old school Game Boy Advance, um, you know, Pokemon Yellow version, Red version, all those different versions that I played as a kid. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited about that. Uh, will you be picking up uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl remakes? Malcolm? Uh, most likely. I I just hope that they're bundled together. I have a strange feeling because this is Nintendo, they won't. Right. Uh, that might influence my decision. But if they come together, it's a day one, not even a question. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, That's this year. That's late 2021. Yeah. That means they've been de- developing it for like quite some time then. Um, and it's called Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if they'll add anything new to the game that wasn't in the previous games, which I'm sure they will. 
I'm sure they will. I mean, I'm just excited that the original director is attached to it. That means that I'm, I don't want to put out blind hope like that, but I just now I have even more faith that it's going to be amazing and good. Um, <clears throat> but something that isn't as amazing as that announcement, in my opinion, <sighs> the new Pokemon Snap got a trailer. Um, obviously, I talked about this um, in the... Uh, what was it though the unpopular gaming opinions but uh i won't go too much into it but again like i said we don't need we don't need this this was unnecessary if i was uh nintendo i probably wouldn't even have announced this game i probably would have made it like a i don't know this 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 well, you underestimate nostalgia obviously and you underestimate how many people liked pokemon snap from back in the day I remember having Pokemon Snap on the N64. Well, I guess I guess I've never heard of Pokemon Snap. That's why I, you an OG, huh? I'm an OG watcher of Pokemon, the OG of the show, but I didn't play. I don't remember no Pokemon Snap game. Um, I when this first came out, I literally thought like they were just trying to appease to the Snapchat TikTok crowd, and they was just gonna be like, oh, you know pokemon snap like snapchat your favorite po or some shit like that I, I i didn't i don't know i don't know i just think it's unnecessary and that those those resources could be out of, allocated elsewhere but you know it is what it is i guess um uh you know so if you're into snapchatting or taking pictures and you're all nostalgic then pokemon coming after the snapchatters interesting i'm not i'm not coming after snap i'm a snapchatter i'm not coming after them i'm just saying if you oh, well, if you like it okay no 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 no. i'm not coming after, after no after tiktokers is that what's going on you know what tiktok did ban me so yes i am coming after the tiktok no um no i'm not i'm not coming after anybody uh pokemon snap just isn't for me it just isn't uh but it it, it could be for a lot of people because you know i i wasn't into pokemon go but there's still people who are much into pokemon go so uh, all power to them, but for me, I'm not going to mess with Pokemon Snap. But what I will uh, be getting my hands on as soon as it's available in early 2022 is this new open world Pokemon Legends Ar how, how Arceus. Do you Arceus. <laughs> and, uh, Who is the Pokemon God. Yeah. Which I assume means we're also going to have to deal with the Pokemon Devil, so I'm very excited yeah absolutely absolutely and it's open world um it's kind of it's kind of cool because this is kind of the direction that i always wanted to see pokemon go into i mean i know pokemon kind of kind of they've gone open world before but never in this way um if you look at the gameplay you'll know what i'm talking about uh for those listening it it honestly feels as if you're it's third person you're in this land capturing pokemon battling uh graphics look incredible um i'm not sure if it'll have a character creation thing i i'm not sure about that but um characters look fine pokemon look cool um this is the kind of game that i've always wanted the pokemon video game series to go into is just an open vast land of pokemons and i hope this game is well I don't hope it's multiplayer, but if it's if it's not, it's not gonna hurt. It's not gonna hurt my feelings or anything. But I would love to have this kind of experience with friends in an open world landscape with all these Pokemon. That's not Pokemon Go or something like that. But uh, 
But uh, but yeah, uh, what are your thoughts on the this game, Malcolm? You buried the lead, man. You can capture Pokemon with a Pokemon ball without being in the fight. That is true. That's never that been is done true. Before. Yeah, and yeah. That's massive. Yeah. And this game is a true open world. Pokemon Sun or not Sun Sword and Shield have an open world area. This right. game will be fully open world. So Absolutely. I am overly excited. I think this is the right game to get into the Pokemon series for me personally. It's been something I've been waiting for something like truly revolutionary in the all of the Pokemon games to start. And I think I have finally found it. Yeah. So this is definitely a day one for me. Uh twenty twenty two, early twenty twenty two. I'm uh, I'm gonna be there for it. That's for sure. Nice. Same, same. You know, I mean I, <clears throat> I got the same kind of um excitement that i had when they announced dragon ball z kakarot that rpg open world experience um so that's that's it's 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 and that's also like where i wanted dragon ball z to go to as like a game series as well so it's nice it's nice to see the, these kind of things or um see pokemon go into that open world realm um but yeah that does it for this episode of the land cable podcast today guys we want to thank you guys for listening to this almost hour and a half episode i know it went a little bit long but there was just so much news this past week that came out um you know so we had we had to talk about it but uh as always you know you guys can follow us at jones bro six on twitter and you can follow me on twitch dot tv slash normac 220 um but yeah any closing closing thoughts uh malcolm you know hope everyone stays safe and we got a lot of games to play together, review together, and watch together. So let's keep it going for 2021. Absolutely. 2021 is going to be an amazing, amazing year. Can't wait to play all these amazing games that are coming out. And can't wait to share our game experiences with you guys. And can't wait to talk to you guys next week on the Land Cable Podcast. We're going to get out of here. I hope you guys have an amazing weekend. I hope you guys are playing amazing games, and we will see you all next week. Have a good one.